I'm holding this pen and I'm acting like I'm taking notes, which I keep intending to do. And I just keep writing the word yellow jackets. What was I actually, I was writing down our start-ish time schedule. Well, yeah. you, you have the word yellow jackets on a piece of paper and I have 25 pages of notes on the first <laughs> so, 10 episodes. So it'll notes, balance out. We're good. We're okay. <laughs> You're listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch TV about New Jersey. Specifically, we're getting ready to talk about season two of Showtime series Yellow Jackets, a show about what happened to a high school girls soccer team who spent 19 months in the Canadian wilderness when their plane crashed there in 1996. The show follows the girls in 1996 and 2021. Our show's going to follow that show episode by episode as it airs starting next week. Today, though, we're going to introduce ourselves, catch everyone up on season one, and talk a little bit about why we wanted to recap this show in particular and how this whole thing came about. So I'm, I'm Andrea. I'm from South Jersey, uh, Camden County, Burlington County. I'm a podcast producer and editor and host. And that's I guess that's how you and I met, Jody. So we can get into more of that. But why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, I'm Jody. I am from northern New Jersey, uh, Bergen County specifically. I'm a Montclair State alum, and I'm currently living in northern New Jersey, a.k.a. Providence, Rhode Island. Um, and very I, north. <laughs> very north. And I am a Natalie Sun and a Shauna Rising, which is very important. <laughs> I feel like I should know by the next time we record what I think mine you should. are. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think I do. I think the reason I don't think I do is I'm so worried that I'm like a misty, misty sun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think I like if any of them had a pet raccoon, it would have been Misty. Like oh, a secret absolutely. pet raccoon, like living under her bed. Yeah. I'm afraid that might be the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, we met do, um, through a podcast network called New Jersey is the World, run by comedian Chris Gethard and his West Orange buddies. Yeah, and I think the show started out with with the three, four core dudes and has built up into this kind of bigger Jersey community. That's how you and I met. I'm a co-host over there and you are an honorary member of, <laughs> of the crew for sure. I think you've had... Prolific lever uh, of voicemails. <laughs> yeah, um, one of our shows over there is um, called Garden State Gagoots and it's a call-in show. If you care at all about New Jersey and you're not listening to New Jersey as the world... Yeah, get on um, that. Yeah, check, check that project out too because we have a lot of fun over there and if you hear any like uh us mention any names or anything that aren't plane crash survivors or whatever <laughs> rick from bergenfield rick from bergenfield that's uh that's who we're talking about in, in this episode moving forward um not that our show is going to be like full of new jersey is the world in jokes or anything but i think that context is important yeah and the fact that we're looking at this show from the perspective specifically of two you know queer women from New Jersey specifically, from different parts of New Jersey mm -hmm. with different experiences and slightly different generations. So like millennial and Gen X as our different points of view. And yeah, this is definitely a supersized episode because we're recapping 10 entire um, episodes of, of season one. But moving forward, I promise our episodes will not be longer than the episodes of the show itself. And I think I think that's really all you need to know to, to get started with us. So... I think we are planning on starting with a quick recap of season one. And we are also assuming, hopefully, that people listening to this have actually watched season one already, because we're going to jump right into season two as soon as it starts. Yeah. 
which is to say spoilers aplenty in this plenty. episode. Yes. Um, this isn't really intended to be a beat for beat recap. And, you know, to be um, transparent, I have watched season one four times now. Um, I do have a full-time job. Um, I do have friends and family, I promise. <laughs> but um, I have watched it four times now because it is that kind of show that rewards further digging. And I think it's going to do that even more so with season two because they, you know, Ashley and Bart, the creators, did say in season one that, like, they did plant things, obviously, but they didn't expect it to be a screen cap show right. where people were, like, screenshotting all the backgrounds. So now they know. Well, and I think one of the things that's interesting is even in the beginning of my introduction at you know what happened to a high school girls soccer team who spent 19 months blah 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 i mean it mm -hmm. is about that obviously we're watching because we want to know what happened but it's also one of those shows that is so much more about the characters and yeah. their relationships with one another and i think that's another reason that re-watching it is so fruitful because you are looking for those little clues quote you know mm -hmm. if we want to really call them clues um but you're also learning and and just uncovering so much more about these characters and the choices they make and why and, and all of yeah. that. Yeah. And it's also very much made for a certain generation of people, especially women, mm -hmm. I think, from New Jersey or not. I think that, you know, we've talked about how we're kind of in the opposite ends of the age range that this mm -hmm. show is is dealing with. Um, so I graduated high school in 1993 in Bergen County, and you graduated, what, 10 years later? 2004 yeah okay. in camden county so right and so i think that you know technically like you said it is about them getting stuck in the woods after a plane crash but it's also really about like female friendship ideas of womanhood and girlhood and you know there's a lot of like interesting queer undertones as well like there's a lot to dig into yeah there's a reason i think this is the show you and i decided to kick this off with and it wasn't yeah. something like I don't know the, the watcher. The watcher. <laughs> I already, I've already translated it into our podcast name. It's not the watcher anymore. It's the watchers. You just had to fully just get rid yeah. of as much as you can. I understand. I understand. I've, it's been subsumed. <laughs> it's um, that is, however, how this started. This is what I want people to be aware of, Andrea. This is important. You're right. Is is that you made me watch the watcher, <laughs> and then I responded kindly when you had COVID by sharing yellow jackets with you. I gave you a gift and you gave me a pile of shit. You could have set me up and you didn't. I could have. I could have made you watch something terrible. And instead I gave you a masterpiece. It's true. Of 90s Jersey culture. All right. Well, should we do a quick recap of season one? I think so. So like you had said in the beginning, it's a series focused on the girls soccer team. Um, they win state championships. They're right, so flying. They're going to nationals. They're I, going to I, nationals. That's baby. important, I think. Yes, they're going to nationals, and their plane crashes in the Canadian Rocky Mountains, mm -hmm. and they have to survive on their wits alone. Um, they survive 19 months before being rescued. They probably eat and possibly hunt each other to survive. So during the series, we see both the events right after the crash in 1996, the way they survive. And then we also see the lives of some of the surviving women 25 years later in 2021 as the sort of 25th anniversary of the events um, come back to haunt them. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's like the quickest possible recap, but I think we decided that we were going to describe the characters some as a way to kind of tell the backstory, since we're not going to do a full recap of every episode, that would be crazy. 
So I do think that if we're going to talk characters, we should start with Shauna. She is, at least for this season, sort of our focus, um, our like focal point. Mm -hmm. We did say we were going to start with the 1996 versions of these characters and then kind of loop around to 2021. So Shauna in 1996 is sort of the smart best friend character to Jackie, who we'll talk about in a little bit. She is hiding a lot of things. She's very smart. She got into Brown, but she's not telling anyone yet. She's sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend, Jeff. Yeah, whoops. Character-wise, she's kind of the, like, grunge girl more so than some of the others, like, to to use a 90s framework, right? Yeah, there are definitely certain characters in this who who are absolutely, or maybe not absolutely, but who are filling in those 90s stereotypes or, like, genre of girl. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't think all of them are, but Shauna definitely is one of those. Yes. Yes, she, you know, has like a Reality Bites poster in her bedroom and like, I think she has a Nirvana poster. She's got a Blind Melon poster. Like she's very much the like mid nineties kind of like always wearing a flannel Mm -hmm. type of girl. So in 1996, she is sort of jealous of her best friend. And then we find out in the woods after the crash that she is actually pregnant with Jeff's baby. We don't know this until, until they crash in the woods. She also becomes something of the butcher of the group, which I think we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. And I think that that sort of jealousness of Jackie, there was a moment in this, just in the first episode where I thought they were setting it up that we were going to find out that Shauna was in love with Jackie and that was her secret. Um, And it's, I'm really glad that they didn't do that. I think that's a really overdone lazy way of being like oh the less popular the less whatever like of course she's in love with her right you know uh, I also think that it keeps it more interesting well you know we've we'll talk about the female friendships aspect of this probably quite a bit more but the idea that teenage girl friendships that line is so blurry mm -hmm. like I mean to full disclosure this is two queer people like making this podcast so maybe maybe it's just us but (laughs) maybe it's a little blurrier that way (laughs) maybe maybe, wait hold on maybe this is actually just my experience but (laughs) no but I do think there's something about that teenage girl friendship you are kind of obsessed with each other well and that's why I mean we're we're joking like saying well maybe that's why it's blurrier but it is for but it's it's not blurrier for queer women because queer women are all in love with their best friends it's no if it's blurrier I mean, that's for not queer, wrong but <laughs> right yes but, but if it's if it's blurrier for queer women it's because teenage girl friendships are so often i should say not always so intimate and and, and so intense yeah exactly like friend breakups at that age oh my god i mean you know that's last episode to think about but of season one but like Mm -hmm. friend breakups at that age are devastating Devastating. for girls it's worse than any to me worse than any like boy breakup Mm -hmm. that I had in high school so I do think that there there was a possibility for them to go that direction with Shauna and Jackie and I know a lot of people online have like sort of decided that they were sort of secretly in love with each other just from like glances (laughs) but uh i'm glad they i think you're right that it would have been a little cheap to go that route although as soon as you said that i'm like oh and it makes sense because like why else would shauna want to sleep with jeff like shauna's like like a cool kind of like like she's like our alt girl and jeff is such a goob which was goon and goober two words i just tried to say i Um, i like i like the the (laughs) contraction thank you 
Yeah, so no, way, Jeff, I will. So do we want to we'll go get, to Jackie or Jeff? I think we should talk about Jackie now. I think right. that relationship is the most important one we have so far. Yeah, right. So, agreed. Um, Jackie's our homecoming queen. She's, as we just said, she's Shauna's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, dating jeff who a lot of this again this is also the fact that all of this talking about jackie is already redundant when we've only talked about shauna for a minute shows how intertwined the two of them are that you can't talk about shauna without talking about jackie right um she's our captain of the soccer team and i think it's important to say here it she's not the captain of the soccer team because she's the best soccer player on the team no the, uh, <laughs> the coach tells her as much yeah i mean he says you've got to, you're not the best player on the team but you have influence with these girls and i think mm-hmm. that's really important especially when we start talking about the difference between um what it's like for the girls in new jersey and then as compared to when they get out into the wilderness mm-hmm. um, where where their kind of social rules are a little different yes um, and she after the crash has a really hard time being uh, being useful doing really much of anything. anything um and i i don't know the my my rewatch of this i was a little more sympathetic to her mm-hmm. about that um the second time through so we can we can talk about that yeah so like you said she doesn't find out that she was sleeping that shauna was sleeping with jeff until they crash um mm-hmm. and really not until pretty far into um season one but when she does yeah. find out that shauna's pregnant with her boyfriend's baby she i I mean, first of all, she kind of rats her out, which I think is, yes. I think it's important. That was a real sticking point for me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then she also sleeps with Travis, who we'll introduce in mm-hmm. just a minute um, during the doom coming, which is their Incredible homecoming episode. in the in the wilderness, which again, um, if you're hearing this and this is all new to you, you should go stop. watch. Yeah, <laughs> go stop watch. what you're doing. Shut, shut it off. Go watch the show and then come back. Yeah, this should all be very familiar to you. Yeah. Um, and she has one of the most like in not, not inconsequential. What's the word I want? The most unnecessary deaths mm-hmm. in this because she goes outside um she doesn't know how to care for herself she can't light a fire and she Mm -hmm. freezes to death yep and i do think that it is going to be very consequential but i do think that unnecessary is a good word for it because like it's not dramatic yeah yeah they started this season with an image of somebody a girl running through the woods falling into a pit being strung up and (laughs) gutted right and to have our final death, our final scene, basically, or section of of episode 10, be such a sort of quiet death, right? I think was actually incredibly smart to start with something so gruesome and dramatic and sort of set the pace that way. And then sort of show how even in that extreme circumstance, if you just fall asleep in the cold, yep. you don't wake up. Yeah. And it's also the whoever is getting murdered murdered <laughs> killed whatever and hunted eaten, yeah at we don't think necessarily that that just comes from bloodlust right like they were driven to that in some way and whether it sure. becomes more of a uh, sport a sport you know uh, or there's more we'll to it than that we'll see but mm-hmm. but it's still you know that's the that's what happens when you're 
no, I shouldn't say that's what happens when you're out in the wilderness. It certainly shouldn't happen. I'm not going hiking with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't worry. You will never find me hiking. <laughs> so, well, we've got Rick. That's exactly right. We also have um, Rick from Bergenfield to eat. It's, it's good that this, we know that should New Jersey as the world get trapped in a situation mm -hmm. like this, there'll be no issues. No. We already know. We're going to, we know where to start at least. Uh, yeah. And we'll he'll start be, with Rick. And he'll be happy for it. And so will we. And yep. He has agreed. And then we'll come back and there'll be no secrets. We'll just say we ate Rick. Yeah, we, we said, said we were going to. We said we, we posted were going it on to. the internet. <laughs> Many times, in fact. Yeah. It's 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 on Patreon. Yeah. You can so, see it. So yeah. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Sure, run the political ad. What do I care? Yeah. We're we're open about our <laughs> our cannibalism over here at New Jersey's the world. That's right. Secrets are the real issue here. But all, <laughs> all of that to say, I did have a point which was that. Jackie's death is the mm -hmm. result of some like tension in the relationships between these girls. Yes. She could have just as easily frozen to death, like in New Jersey. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? right. Like, but she, she goes outside because yeah. she and Shauna have that devastating friend fight, breakup, whatever. Like mm -hmm. that is the the um precipitating factor that sends right. her out into the cold. Right. Is that final fight between them. So I think that like. You know, we're not we're not overstating the female friendship part being such a huge part of this mm -hmm. show. You know, it's it's literally kind of what kills the pride and the hurt of that moment is part of what kills Jackie. Something I love about Jackie is that she is an asshole mm -hmm. that she like it would be very easy to play this character very differently and much more sympathetically. And I love that she just she's just like a asshole teeth. She's kind of a dick, yeah. yeah. But it's funny because in the beginning you're kind of led to believe that like it's very binary. Like she's the asshole, Shauna's the like put right. upon best friend. But actually yeah. Shauna's also a dick. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're teen girls. Of course they're yeah, assholes. They're all like... they're all assholes. Um because I don't I think the thing that's so interesting about her, she's not she's kind of a dick, but she's not evil. No, yeah. She's just a teenage girl who's a dick. Like, and I would argue that most of the other people that she's with are more evil. That's true. So like, it's She's the popular girl, so we're supposed to hate her, but she doesn't purposely harm anyone. She's the no. one that doesn't want to freeze out Allie. She's the one that doesn't, like, you know, she's kind of self-centered, but she's not a bad person. And it's so funny that the thing that, as you were saying that, that stuck out to me about her is when she does out that Shauna's pregnant to everybody. And in yeah. my head, I'm like, what a fucked up thing to do. But I'm like, yeah, but what else is going on in the show and that's the thing where i'm like yeah. okay that's taking it too far that says way more about me and like how i think like growing up a teen girl that like gossip is the worst kind of thing well, you could do so, and not keeping your best friend's secret that's like, it though so i think for me what it is is like jackie is like teen girl evil mm -hmm. you know she's like she's a bitch she's a teen girl that's like mean to other teen girls but she's not a murderer she's right. not butchering people she's not doing all of the other things that everyone else is doing She's not, you know, high at doom coming and trying to like gut Travis. Yeah. She's not doing yeah. any of those things. She's just a teen girl who's kind of a bitch. Mm -hmm. She's and not it, a psycho. Right. And that's why she dies. Yeah. Yeah. She's not fit for it. But it is funny to think that like when you are a high school girl, like you think the biggest villain is a Jackie. Right. And then the second you guys get out in the woods, it's so obvious that that's like it's outside misty. of high school. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's Misty and it's kind of Shauna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to just quickly cover Jeff. Yeah. Because as we have said in conversations with each other, the men in this show are less complicated 
as of now than the women. Not uninteresting, not underdeveloped, but just not as complicated. So in high school, we're going to stick to high school for now. Um, Jeff is dating Jackie. He's also sleeping with her best friend. He is... Sorry, I'm just I'm just imagining the very first scene of him and Jackie. Yikes. I'm one of the things I find unbel- unbelievable, but it does make me like Jeff in the beginning, is that he does wait until he thinks she's gotten off before he says, right. okay, my turn, which I think for a teen boy in the 90s is pretty good. I think so too, but I also feel like that scene was the first one where I was like, oh. like this is the 90s-ness of it right like the fact that and the high schoolness of it because like not to sound like an ancient person but I feel like there's all these articles about how Gen Z like isn't having sex and isn't doing this and isn't doing that and like when I was a kid when I was a kid when I was like 16 or Mm -hmm. 17 in high school like everyone I knew was having sex like yeah I don't know it just but it felt very like he has no idea what he's doing (laughs) He has no idea what's happening with her (laughs) at all. He's a teenage boy. He's not a very smart teenage boy when it comes to women, but he is the homecoming king. He is a football player. um, And he has the stereotypical kind of dumb best friend guy in Randy. But yeah, we don't know a lot about Jeff in high school other than those surface characteristics. Mm -hmm. We know what he does, which is sleeps with his girlfriend's best friend so that's it for jeff jeff becomes much more interesting in 2021 does he he's got more to do in 2021 he's got more to do and he's got better lines that's a some of the best you're right you're absolutely yes. right yes so who do you want to cover next hmm. do, do you want to do tie who probably right if we're building a high man this is a hierarchy yeah of, oh. of... this whole show is about hierarchies Andrea. <laughs> so was high school right yes. like it's entirely unsurprising yes but it's i think it's at least in 1996 it's jackie shauna ty are the three right yeah i think you're right i think misty and then makes, as a close yeah as a close fourth fourth and i think misty mm-hmm. makes herself in that like top hierarchy but in terms of like the natural uh, shaking out of of these the girls, high school the order, order. yeah. So I yes. think Ty is is next. I think so. I think Ty then Van. Ty yeah. would be captain of the soccer team if Jackie weren't. For yes, sure. Especially right? if it was by talent. I think. Right. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about Ty? So so Ty is again, yeah, definitely um the definitely the most talented member of the soccer team. She's also the most competitive, I think, the most driven. There's a freshman on the team who is not pulling her weight. And so Ty decides she's just going to take her out so that she can't hold them back when they go to nationals. Mm -hmm. And she, like, annihilates Allie is her name, her legs, um, when she's out on the the field during, just during a practice, right? It's not even a game. Yeah, it's a scrimmage. Compound fracture. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's brutal. That's the other thing, too, I was thinking about is we're talking about how horrific the things in the woods out in the wilderness were. But the first real gore that we see happens on the soccer field. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is gruesome. It's not just a little. I mean, it's it's nasty. It's it's awful. And it's perpetuated by Ty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So maybe we should talk a little bit since we're still saying in 1996 about what happens with her in the woods, too. 
Yeah. So um, if if we've got a leader out in mm. the woods, is, mm-hmm. I think we would say that's Ty. I think so. I mean, it sort of starts with her kind of leading a split almost mm-hmm. of people to go try to find the lake because right. they, you know, they saw a lake in the distance and half the group doesn't want to go find it because they're afraid to leave the plane and maybe not get help. And then Ty leads them away to that. Um, and then she also that leads a failed rescue mission as we go on. So I do think, yeah, if we've got to pick out sort of a, at this first half, at least of this season, I would say it's Ty. It's Ty. And so she falls asleep as they're um, on their way on their little journey to find help. And she uh that's is that the first time we see her sleepwalk i so that's a great question because i do think there might be a slightly earlier scene where i can't remember if it's earlier or slightly later where lottie sees ty eating dirt in the woods that's right that's Mm -hmm. i think that's now that you say that i think that's earlier because i assumed it was uh lottie um hallucinating right right so I yeah. Think, yeah so we don't know necessarily that that what's going on there is that ty is sleepwalking uh um, right. the first time we see it but here a little later on we see her it's confirmed she's a sleepwalker and a sleep tree climber mm-hmm. which is and really impressive i know i know i can't imagine being able to climb a tree while sleepwalking oh, but <laughs> Heck for me yeah she and shauna are are close they're close at home too but i think they get closer out in the woods for sure um she's as we start to see pretty quickly the the group of girls kind of dividing up based on like who is buying into um whether or not there's something not necessarily supernatural but something going on out in the woods and then mm-hmm. the the girls who don't who don't believe that at all and she's in the more uh practical camp right while in that sleepwalking event a pack of wolves show up and um one of the girls on the team van gets attacked and nearly dies clearly should have died should absolutely yeah her, it's... her face gets ripped in half basically and her teeth again, are showing oh boy. i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um and i think the thing that you know is the reason we're grouping these two together is because we find out that they are a couple Mm-hmm. Um, whether they were a couple before the woods or just had crushes and then it developed in the woods, we don't really know that. Oh, that's, but... that's a good point. She is, as soon as Van is the first person Ty is looking for when the plane crashes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're led to believe that if they're not already a couple, it's sort of like already they're the most important people to each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So then Van is our goalie. <laughs> on the team van is the child of a seemingly alcoholic mom one of the flashback scenes or the one of the scenes of the day they leave for the nationals we see van leaving the house and her mom is passed out on the couch and she has to like smack her to wake her up she is again becomes ty's girlfriend the thing that happens with van in the woods um that t- starts to drive a wedge between her and ty is the fact that she starts to fall in with the group of girls that is um, starting to believe in some sort of other power out in the woods, something supernatural may be happening. I was thinking about this van, the almost dies with the wolves, but early on she was, she got left on the plane. Jackie left yes, her and that's we right. didn't see. So we just assumed, you know, this, this girl's going to be done for. And then mm-hmm. she just shows up like, 
a few minutes later fully covered in soot and, yep. and ash she looks like a like zombie from like a bad yeah. like 80s horror movie the way she comes stumbling yeah. out um so we don't see what happens there what no frees and her. i no, and i think the thing that's interesting about van is that she basically should have died twice right mm -hmm. she should have died in the plane when the when she couldn't get out of her seatbelt, and then she should have died when the wolves attacked her and then they try to they think she's dead they put her on a funeral pyre yeah. and light it and then she wakes up and goes really fire <laughs> so yeah van has an incredibly dry love sense of her. humor i love her so much i love her and ty i love them together so that's van yep that's van do you want to take misty i can i don't think misty somebody one person okay take. let's talk she... <laughs> let's talk about misty where where do you start with misty well, okay i think maybe where we start with misty is we I, I mean we know she's the equipment manager in 96 i'm saying we know i completely forgot that um mm -hmm. until my rewatch that she's not uh not playing yeah she's not on the team though i yeah she wants to, <laughs> she's she's just happy to be here yes she is the yellow jacket's biggest supporter yeah and i think we get she we get a really early flashback of her really early mm -hmm. on um, where she has a perfect just like in my head she's wearing headgear and now i can't remember if she actually is in the scene but she, she might as well be she should be right um she and she be. she gets one of the most brutal Ooh. things that could happen to a young girl i think it was I think that's 1990 or 1991. I think it's 91. So yeah. she's how I mean, what is she 13? Yep. At that point, Something 12 like or that. 13. Yep. Um, she has a the lips phone. Oh God. And yeah. she gets and she's wearing a sweatshirt that I was trying to find online that I would wear today if I could. It's Misty has really great cat themed attire. <sighs> of course she does. Of course she does. Even in she... 2021, she's wearing lots of cat themed attire. Mm -hmm. uh, she for somebody who has a bird though, that's mm -hmm. interesting, huh? Um, yes. But she gets just one of the nastiest like teen girl prank calls. Prank girl. Oh, yeah. That you can get. So kids, there's these things called landlines. <laughs> Phone with we a cord. Kids, Can you yes. imagine? Oh my gosh. But yeah, so she gets the prank call. They're like making fun of her, saying that she and Robbie Delgado did it all in the janitor's closet. <laughs> Robbie Delgado, Robbie. great New Jersey name. Oh, great there's New so Jersey many name. good New Jersey names in this. <laughs> there's um, somebody, D. Giovanni, in was one of the patients. It's so perfect. I love that. Yeah. We see Misty in 96 first, but that flashback does sort of give us a little bit more of a backstory of her. Right. Um, she's the equipment manager. She is a huge super fan of the team. She is sort of the weird kid. Like in the in the morning before they leave for nationals, we see her watching a rat swim in her pool. And it's pretty much assumed that that rat does not get helped out of the pool by Misty. Yeah, no way. So she's she's an odd child she's um, one of those kids who it's like she's weird so people mistreat her and then that makes her even more weird so people mm -hmm. are even worse to her yeah it, yeah she's she's the jeremy of the uh <laughs> oh yeah jesus <laughs> i mean you know yeah. she does do some pretty awful things absolutely i think that's pretty good for misty in 96 right well we should talk maybe about her role in the woods because she her because she goes from being sort of an outcast weirdo character 
in high school to becoming a very useful person in the woods. And for all of the reasons that she's an outcast in high school, because that when when Allie's knee gets or leg, it gets absolutely destroyed. Misty runs in and tries to Mm -hmm. to to do something. She wants to put pressure on it because she's taken the Red Cross babysitting safety course twice, twice, um, which, again, is not what you need it's not like what needs we still don't actually know that andrea i guess such have we looked up the babysitter's training course maybe no. it has to do with cauterizing wounds and cutting limbs off with axes you never right. know it's true don't and judge <laughs> you're right you're right usually things that don't you don't have to deal with in high school but then out in the woods wherever mm-hmm. she's gotten this knowledge from it's suddenly useful now that they're in this completely like uh foreign extraordinary circumstance yeah yeah and she is sort of drunk on that i think throughout the at least the first half of this season mm-hmm. realizing that she is now a useful member of this new society yeah and, um, she and that makes, people need her exactly and she makes herself the de facto caretaker for the one adult in the wilderness coach ben mm. um she thinks they're in love yes oh ben poor guy yeah. poor guy one-legged man ben is interesting because but he's interesting for a lot of reasons but Mm -hmm. he has a meltdown so ben again the only adult who who lives his leg is absolutely destroyed misty chops it off cauterizes the um the the stump the stump and then just makes herself his caretaker like i said and he is not having it because she is she's misty she's completely off-putting she is obsessed with him and openly so mm-hmm. she's trying to grope him in his sleep yeah and and he, it's i mean she's pretty like i i love misty despite misty and that's partly due i think to the acting of um sammy hanratty and christina ricci in 2021 yeah, like they they play the character with such an interesting and funny edge to it that mm-hmm. even if you're horrified at them, you're also sort of amused. Exactly. Yeah. And we can kind of cover coach Ben a little bit here. He's the assistant coach. The head coach is killed in the plane crash. He's also gay um, secretly. And he was dating a man named Paul before the crash. He was a writer uh, in the city. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we think Ben's lying to try to get Misty off his back? Not about nah. being gay, but do you oh, think? Because okay. like Paul, the writer in the city, is like very—it's <laughs> a girlfriend in Canada. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do think we hear first about Paul, though, from Misty's his girlfriend in Canada. No, I think we first hear about Paul when he's talking to Nat. So I think okay. Paul. And actually, in my recent uh reddit deep dives i have <laughs> found out that they have cast someone as paul for season two. Oh, so we are going to meet paul Ooh. Mm-hmm. we don't know when we're going to meet him but we're going to meet paul that's that's kind of ben i mean the thing that happens with ben in the woods is that he just slowly loses control mm-hmm. over the girls he's an authority figure for a long time and then they realize that they don't actually need him anymore yeah. i think the next most important would be lottie in our sort of hierarchy (laughs) she's she's moving up though in the world (laughs) that's right she's on her way we see lottie first in 1996 as just one of the players she's very pretty she's very sort of soft-spoken we don't really get to know her very well in 96 until after the plane crash we do however um see her the morning of the crash before she's about to get on the plane and she is alone at a giant dining room table no parents anywhere in sight and she's being given some medication by 
ostensibly a maid. Mm -hmm. And we see that the medication is something called loxapine, which is for schizophrenia, essentially. It's an antipsychotic. And then a little bit later on, we see a flashback to her as a young child where she's sitting in the backseat of her parents' car. They're talking about the Exxon Valdez oil spill. (laughs) And uh, so I'm assuming it's like in the 80s. And she suddenly starts screaming and distracts her parents. They turn around to look at her. And then there's a horrible accident right in front of them. And that would a truck, 18-wheeler, that would have hit them had they gone into the intersection and not turned around because Lottie was screaming. And so it's implied that she has these sort of premonitions or visions or whatever, and her parents are frightened by that and they medicate her. And then in the woods, you know, she runs out of that medication and slowly becomes something of a spiritual leader to those who are inclined to believe that there are other forces out in the woods. She seems to be becoming more and more of that person as we go through the season. And we do see some of her premonitions. It's not just that Lottie says, oh, I saw that that was going to happen. Or Lottie has a premonition that could be, you know, read as reflecting something that happens later. Like a lot of them are pretty on the nose. Yeah, because they're pretty straightforward about that. You know, she has a premonition about when they're in the woods about a river of blood and something else. And then they are walking and they see the river that's got that iron ore color to it and looks like blood. Yeah, which is how you know these are North Jersey girls, because that's cedar water. Like, it's no big deal. I would have never known. You know how many times I've gone swimming in red water? We have clean water. It's clean. Water. We have it's <laughs> we have clear water up in New Jersey. Water. water. Yeah. So, and the other one that we see of her, the other premonition, is when uh, Laura Lee is baptizing her. And she opens her eyes and sees an explosion behind Laura Lee's head, which is, of course, how Laura Lee dies in the plane crash. <laughs> poor Laura Lee. Star- so poor Laura Lee and so startling. There are some just it's it's one of those moments that will I mean we'll talk about Laura mm-hmm. Lee, but that I laughed out loud because I was so yeah. shocked. <laughs> I think we should go to her next. I think you should talk about Laura Lee because I have such an affection for her. I'm like so not a religious person and have no desire mm-hmm. to spend lots of time with like very heavily religious people. No offense um, no. to anyone listening, but <laughs> She is, there's something very sweet about her. It's both interesting and totally unsurprising, though, that she and Lottie do become close mm-hmm. because, because to me, Lottie is the more supernatural yeah. um, side of this. And you'd think that there'd be some, but I think when you're out there in the woods, like it's either something otherworldly or it's just the right. woods, I think are the two camps really for Well, and there. I think they become close kind of because Lottie is having a bit of a crisis. Like as she runs out of mm-hmm. medication, she's getting more of these visions and she doesn't know if she's going crazy or if these are actually prophetic visions. And so she goes to Laura Lee for comfort and advice because she knows Laura Lee believes in things. And right. so that's how they right. kind of become, cl- and of- become close. Yeah. And of course, Laura Lee wants proof that her beliefs are true too so she's got somebody who's kind of like living that out there are a few moments in in the woods that are just um and i think this might be the first one that are just the girls like laughing and and actually getting to like Mm -hmm. joke around a little bit and it's laura it's they're sitting around the fire and laura lee is freaking out because she's like i we're we're being punished because i really messed up and i was doing a bad job at my piano lessons and my piano teacher was being so mean and she just kept on and and i called her i called her a bad name in my head and they asked her what the word is and i 
the the like I was expecting her to say something really mild, and that was going right. to be the joke. Is that she was like, I called her, you know, like I called her right. a bitch or whatever. But she's like, <laughs> called yeah. her a cunt. <laughs> like, which, and again, in the nineties, like I said that word freely right now. I have no hangups with it. But that was like, no, you did not say that word. No, there are still people today that like will not, and so, and that's that's fine. But it's so funny that she's got so much rage just under yeah. the surface that that's the word but the girls lose it and then they all start confessing their like their little kind of teenage crimes that are so funny yeah i think lottie says that she like steals clothes from tj maxx and then returns <laughs> them and she has like thousands of dollars in like max bucks or something which is great but she never, no, never uses, uses. It's she doesn't need to so her family's funny rich that she right exactly yeah it's so funny that she doesn't and doesn't use i mean the... i think there's a thing with rich kids and stealing though that, like my probably. mom was a, my that mom makes... was a rich kid my my mom grew up pretty wealthy um and and, and is it's... also a shoplifter uh, yes actually yes <laughs> not now i don't think I love that. she's 84 <laughs> well who knows uh, honestly you don't know what she gets i would up not to. put it past her to be completely honest <laughs> but she she's told me that she used to steal shit when she was a kid anyway side note so laura lee unfortunately does not last does not make it she, she tries to fly the plane that they have found to get help uh which explodes with her in it with alacrity like she is barely in the air just she's in the air just long enough that the people watching think she might she might really yeah. make it I think we're watching and we know no. there's no way, right? No. But I still think that so like when you when we you were doing your first watch and you were DMing me all of your reactions to your first watch, which was hilarious because uh -huh. eventually I had to start again, I had to start watching again. Important to remember that I was in a COVID fog, so I don't remember yeah. where oh, I've got the receipts. Um what I uh, what I thought in that but moment. But there's certain moments that as a fan of this show, introducing someone new to it. You're waiting uh -huh. for them to experience. And that is definitely <laughs> the plane exploding is definitely one it of those moments. Shocking. It is. And it's funny. It starts with the fire under the teddy bear or the teddy yeah. bear itself, like lighting oh, on fire right. that she's brought with her. It goes up in a full ball of fire. So it's not even like, well, nope. maybe, maybe we're going to fight Laura Lee. No, she is Fireball. incinerated. Yes. Big time. <laughs> oh, Larley. Which, if you're somebody like Lottie and in that camp, like, how do you not take that as a well? And she saw, I, I don't know, a sign of no, what, but she saw but, the fireball right. first. So that was like, yeah, a, exactly, you know, her premonition coming true. So I think we can wrap up 96 just by talking. Oh, gosh, we haven't talked about Nat. Okay. So I'll start talking about Nat because Nat is, um, <laughs> the one person in this that reminds me the most of myself in 96. I did not have an abusive father, thankfully. Um, I didn't have any of the like really traumatic stuff, but I did right. like hang out with sweet boys that listened <laughs> to Dinosaur Jr. And I smoked behind random convenience stores and I dress like a punk and listen to bad religion and all that stuff. And so I feel like Nat and I, Nat's a bit of my, uh, I don't know, the person I connect with the most. But in 96, Nat is sort of the burnout character. She drinks too much. She does drugs. She does acid. And then in an earlier flashback, we find out actually that her father is horrific and ends up accidentally killing himself while threatening her with a gun. And it's implied that her mom kind of blames her 
for that. So all around horrific growing up. Yeah. And then has a best friend who we won't go into too much now, but Kevin Tan, who is the sort of sweet boy that is in love with her. And, you know, they have conversations about how, you know, Nirvana was better before they were big and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, I think. And so in terms of like all our main characters in the woods so far, the only one really left, I think, to talk about yeah. is Travis. And Travis is... He's not even supposed to be here today. Like, he's <laughs> right. The coach's kid, yep. Coach Martinez, uh, brings his kids, Travis and Javi, uh, to nationals, mm -hmm. which obviously they don't make it to nationals. Coach Martinez dies. He, he's not one of our, nope. our survivors. So it's just Travis and Javi out in the woods. Um, Travis and Nat become the group's hunters and they kind of slowly fall in love together or slowly fall in love when they're out in the woods mm -hmm. together they're you know they're in love but she's a smarter cooler absolutely woman who can shoot a gun and she's not a virgin and travis mm -hmm. is and he's intimidated by all of that so he just acts like an asshole half of the time yep. sadly his ego is easily bruised i think this is a good place though to point out one of nat's best lines which is when they're talking about their sexual experience and he kind of is taken aback by the fact that she uh has already slept with two yeah. people and she goes on this huge rant about his double standards which is just such a 90s like feminist moment and she's ranting about it and she says it's 1996 our vaginas have like monologues now <laughs> so good so good um so that mostly covers 96 right so yeah, w yeah, we've got a couple of really Dragglers. minor characters, yeah, who maybe we'll get focus on in later seasons, mm -hmm. but but this that's everybody, yeah. I think. I mean, just to kind of quickly just put a pin in those people, just so we can think about them going forward. We have Mari and Akila. Mari is a another varsity yellow jacket, but doesn't get a lot of screen time. Some has some good quips, but you know, isn't a main focus. Uh, we do think she's going to become more of one in season two. And then Akila is uh, the JD yellow jacket that got called up when Allie got hurt. Just a note on that. She, the actress that played her in season one is not coming back. And so they're doing a, uh, oh. they're doing a swap. Oh, so she's still okay. going to be there. She's just going to be a different actor. All right. Well, good yeah. to know. So 2021, we, we come back to some of these people, not all of them. Still, Shauna is our mm -hmm. focal point. That doesn't change. She's our, she's our eyes for the show. I think. Yeah, and so she's married to Jeff now. We don't know what happened to her Woods baby yet, but she has a daughter named Callie, who is not the Woods baby. Callie was born later. She's yeah. She's definitely too young, and yeah, we have no idea, right? Because what what we do know is that Shauna tried and failed to go through with an abortion in the in woods the most horrifying makes... scenes i've ever seen on television absolutely and in a very it is it's the 90s like literal coat hanger everybody's... abortion yeah exactly yeah brutal and it's it's really hard to watch but she she mm -hmm. stops it um and doesn't go through with it which leads me to believe that she wouldn't go through with it once they get stateside but but well, and especially again, especially in the nineties, yeah. like it. So, well, and she's that pregnancy is going to come to term if she doesn't miscarry while they're still out there. Oh my god! 
I'm so bad at math. I know how long it takes for a baby to be born. Are you sure? Because it's, this is the second time you have had trouble figuring out the amount of time that a baby I know takes to be born. I, elephant gestation is like two years. So I think it's got to be something less than that. She's not an elephant, though. Okay, so it's definitely less than 24 months. Yes, yes, it's nine, nine months. So it's definitely less than 19. Yes. We can agree that it's it's yes, less than 19. Agree. I think the science is still out beyond that. Uh, is it? But, but I'm pretty sure. Yes. So we don't know what happens to Wood's baby, but we do know that 2021 Shauna, she's married. She has a daughter. She doesn't seem to have a job. She doesn't seem to work. She's seems to be being a stay at home mom is a full time job, Jody. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! She does one of the most important jobs <laughs> out there. She's a a home homekeeper. That's right. That's, That's the right. Word. She's a home home person. She keeps she keeps, she keeps the, home. the home. Yes, and she does. And she is pretty disturbed still. I think that, you know, half the point of this show seems to be exploring the ways which trauma manifests itself if you don't deal with it. And for her, it manifests itself in some pretty disturbing behaviors, killing rabbits, masturbating to photos of her daughter's boyfriend, <sighs> creepy as fuck. And then, so I think the thing that kind of drives Shauna's plot in season one is meeting Adam. So... Do you want to talk a little bit about that uh, interaction, our, our manic pixie dream boy? <laughs> our manic pixie dream boy, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, she, they they have the cutest meet cute for anybody on a show like this, yes. like, could have. It yes. is it's absurd. She's, she is not paying attention. No. She's driving behind him. She's on the phone with her shitty daughter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And she's asking her to take out some frozen meat for dinner and her daughter's being her daughter. And mm -hmm. she's so caught up in all of that and not paying attention. And she hits Adam's truck. She says Adam stops short. He is mm -hmm. immediately flirting with her. Oh, immediately. Yeah. And she is immediately calling him out on it. I really mm -hmm. like her in this scene. She's like, what? what is this, adorable? You're yeah. trying to be adorable right now? Does that usually work? Yeah. Um, and they they have some like... Uh, immediate chemistry yeah they clearly have a rapport of some kind right off the bat but adam is mostly a mystery he's pretty um i was gonna say aggressive and that's not the right word but he's pretty insistent mm. on trying to like court her yeah he pursues um, her big time yeah and she she eventually gives in and they have an affair and it's mm -hmm in part because she's interested in Adam, but it's in a probably larger part due to the fact that she thinks Jeff is having an affair. Yeah, her relationship with her husband has been sort of fading in some sort of way. No, they're in been, couples counseling. Yeah, they're in couples. It's true. He's really trying. He is really trying. I do believe that. He's really trying. And we do find out that he isn't actually having an affair. He just <laughs> borrows money not. from the wrong people. Right. Because all of the men in this show are exactly <laughs> what they appear to be on the surface. So it yes. seems so far. Yes. So we've got this sort of Jeff, Shauna, Adam sort of triangle that's happening. Shauna thinks Jeff is cheating on her. He isn't. Um, she's having an affair with Adam. And then in the end, she ends up killing Adam. Because she thinks he's blackmailing her, which he was not. That was Jeff. <laughs> it's a circle. That's right. That's right. 
they still again it was jeff blackmailing her adam does when she (laughs) i guess she doesn't break into his home he lets her in Mm -hmm. and then she's still there because he's dead but when she she finds the books about their their story and Mm -hmm. and that makes her suspicious though yeah adam says that he read about them after he figured out who she was which i think is probably true it's so hard to know so adam is still kind of a mystery to us right like he either is you know, kind of a suspicious character that was trying to get in with her. Like there's the line about, I have a friend with a cabin in the woods that we should go away for the weekend to. And you're like, if you know, this woman was stranded in the woods for 19 months, do you really offer to take her to the woods for a romantic weekend? He also has that mountain tattoo on his back. There's all this suspicious stuff, but they have been, there have been um, conversations with the creators who said that in their minds, originally Adam was just a way of illustrating shauna's inability to like grow up deal with her trauma all of that that he was just a sweet guy who was pursuing her and had and fell for her but now we don't really know because they have basically said that things are still on the table with who adam is going to turn into i mean he's dead he's not turning into anyone but (laughs) it is in the the story it is crazy that we haven't talked about what i think you said even before we maybe before we started recording but how like woman focused this show is it's really remarkable entirely the men are like so this is actually this is one of the things we talked about before before we started thinking we were even going to do this was the fact that the men in this show are either they're not flat characters they have characteristics right they have personalities but they are not nearly as smart or cunning or interesting as the women in their lives right like jeff is a wife guy yep jeff is not like a ringleader yeah and even the the thing you think is happening with jeff in this is less interesting and less like it's yeah he's just he's just a wife guy and he's fascinating yeah and like adam on the surface anyway is like a dumb artist guy that has a loft studio and like probably gets laid a lot and like is a mechanic the adam stuff again that's another example of the thing where it's like a lot of the i wonder if this show it feels like there's a lot of stuff happening outside of the girl the the girl slash women where it like feels like there are maybe some outside forces acting on them yeah with somebody like adam for example it's like the timing where shauna runs into him the first time and he just keeps showing up places and it seems too coincidental to actually be coincidental as I'm theorizing right now out loud, I mm-hmm. haven't really thought about this. But when we meet Jess, we think she is a reporter, as far as we know, from the Star Ledger, mm-hmm. trying to get to sell, to get Shauna and whoever else to sell their story. Right. And then we we start to get the impression that there's something more going on there. There's no Jess at the Star Ledger. W- right. What weird outside, who else knows something and what? And then we find out it's Ty. It's Ty, right. But, you know, the reveal at the end of season one about Lottie could be that missing piece of like who is acting outside of our current awareness i love the idea that it's just them it's just like it's them and their past and them dealing with this because it's all it was as far as we know out in the woods too you know there's again we don't have time to get into all this now but like all of the stuff with the cabin and like is there something supernatural with the cabin is it haunted and then you find out there's just a body like all of that is all stuff that they've kind of like created for themselves and so it's interesting it can be explained by dream sequences like when they see the dead cabin guy or jackie sees him at the end but it could also be that it's haunted right like you know but i think that 
the faith that I have is that they're going to, if they go the supernatural route, it's not going to be unexplainable. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a universe that doesn't have rules. Right. Right. right? That's all I need. That's all I ask for. Lost. I keep going back and forth. I think what I want this show to be is a show about these women who are looking for all of these outside reasons for, for all of this stuff. And it just turns out that this is their trauma and their story and they have to deal with it and they're causing, and Jessica Roberts is a perfect example of that. To me, like, I think that's, that's what the show needs to be. I love them playing in the, is it supernatural? Is there other stuff going on mm-hmm. world? I think that's, that's fun and good, but I think at the end of the day, that's not what I want this to be. And I think yeah. Adam is a really good example mm-hmm. of that. And poor guy. And I think it's an indicator that that's the way that they're leaning as well. Like, mm-hmm. I do think they want to keep it somewhat ambiguous, but I think that this is not <laughs> coming back to loss. This is not going to be a lost uh, part two with girls. Right. 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 It, it was purgatory the whole time. Right. It, hey, 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 listeners, it wasn't purgatory the whole time. It wasn't heaven until later. So is, just don't get it twisted. This is this is the lost corner with Andrea. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I think we should do tie next and then that because so. in 2021, we have this foursome. And so the 2021 foursome is Misty, Shauna, Ty, and Nat. And so they kind of all come back together because of these postcards and this blackmail that's happening. So I think we should kind of keep to that foursome. So Ty is a politician uh, and a land use lawyer, mm-hmm. and she's running for state senate. She it's a lot. It's a lot. It's true. It's true. She is going through quite a few, um, jumping through quite a few hoops to make sure that this state senate campaign is successful including, as we've mentioned, hiring Jess Roberts, who is a fixer detective who knows what person to investigate her friends and make sure that they're not going to spill the details about what happened in the woods. Shout out to my girl from uh, Battlestar Galactica, because that's where I know Jess from. And I love her so much. She's She's fantastic. She's so good. Unfortunately, she does not stay with us beyond this season. Um, So a little bit more about Ty. She's married um, to a woman named Simone. She has a creepy son named Sammy a dog named Biscuit, and she's falling apart. She's falling apart. She's sleepwalking again. She wakes up in a tree eating dirt. She's she's not doing well. She's not doing very well at all. She's a good example. I think looking at her in contrast to Shauna right now is really interesting because Shauna, we talk about she's so stuck right mm-hmm. she's wearing the same clothes she's and she's fully disturbed she's still butchering animals mm-hmm. and when we meet ty we think for about 30 seconds right but we think ty's got it all together yeah um there's that bit when she and shauna are talking about what they imagine their lives would be like mm-hmm. yeah and ty says like oh i was supposed to go to howard and get my law degree and get a job at one of these big firms and Shauna's like you did literally did all of that Ty. yeah and she says it kind kind of like on one hand as if that's a good thing like ty is a success despite right. their history right but going into politics is not a smart idea for somebody who wants their past to stay buried no. and i was thinking about on the rewatch i was like why is she doing this but it's like well she came out from the wilderness and it, and my guess is wanted to pretend like 
she could put that behind her. Yeah. And the way to do that was to stay the course. Yeah. And staying the course meant this. And now all of this other stuff gets wrapped up in it. Well, what she should have done is like, I don't know. Therapy. Gotten in therapy and an art degree. Like maybe yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. But the two of them are just both extremely stuck. It just yeah. shows itself very differently. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that Shauna's is maybe a little closer to the surface, but mm -hmm. Ty's because it's, been sort of denied for so long is maybe a bit darker ty killed a dog ty killed her family dog yeah as far as i know and shauna killed her boyfriend yeah that's i mean you know stuff <laughs> happens but she killed a dog right right yes so yes, she killed a dog she's in bad shape she's in real bad shape and by the end of this season she has told simone to take sammy their creepy son and leave because she doesn't feel like they're safe and she's right so I think we should talk about Nat and then circle to the end with Misty because she's so much more fun. This show did such a good job drawing a straight line for us, though, because mm -hmm. Nat in 2021 makes so much sense when you know Nat in 96. Yes. And we meet her in rehab. I get the impression. I think it's probably pretty stated that this isn't her first run through right. rehab. Mm -hmm. um, we find out, I'm just going to put this up at the top, that Ty is paying for her rehab. has kind of been, seems like sort of like taking care yeah of her in a lot a of distance, ways kind of yeah. yeah she early on says at rehab it's her last day there she says like her issue with what happened to them out in the woods is she came back and lost her purpose and now she knows how to get it back mm -hmm. she leaves rehab and comes back to jersey she's got a car in storage with a rifle i guess yeah. is that what that is mm -hmm. and her purpose seems immediately to be to go right to misty who we'll talk about in just a mm -hmm. minute and we find out that she and Travis have stayed connected in some way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like it's been very healthy. Yeah. Like they've both been struggling with sobriety. They've been on and off. It's been kind of a somewhat toxic relationship, but they've been in touch. Yeah. Um, though not recently. It seems like right. she's actually had a hard time tracking him down. Right. Yeah. So Nat's pretty much still Nat. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Nat's arc in 2021 has to do with finding out what happened to Travis because we find out that Travis has either been killed or killed himself. I think it's, we're being led to think that he didn't kill himself and that's what Nat believes. But her, her main purpose after that happened seems to be to find out what happened to Travis. Yeah. At this point, I think probably Travis didn't kill himself. I think I'm with Nat on that, but Nat would think that no matter what. I mean, it's right. really important to her, it seems, yeah. that Travis didn't kill himself. That She says they basically made a pact to not do that. Which is sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And we've got a few clues about Travis's death, all of which are ambiguous. So mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to say at this point um, yeah what's going on there and we don't know anything we don't we don't see travis in the present at all except for right when nat and misty find his body right um and we yeah. and then that sort of nat's end of season one is being kidnapped by what we assume are lottie's cult members that's right so i guess we can we can cover 2021 misty who is a goddamn delight she is a worker in a nursing facility for the elderly 
She is trying to date, not doing it very well because she's still creepy as anything. <laughs> and we don't know too much about what she's actually doing. Other than that, she is a part of the citizen detective community, which I love. She listens to my favorite murder or whatever the version of that is in this world. And she is very seemingly excited to reconnect with her yellow jacket friends and uh, go on adventures and solve solve mysteries. She is the one that helps Nat find Travis. She's been keeping files on all the yellow jackets, which is interesting. Yeah. And in fact, Nat goes to her so quickly because she receives that postcard. Mm-hmm. She assumes that it's that from Misty. It. Right. Um, yep. And Misty says, I got the same one and it's from online and online i forget exactly Mm -hmm. what she says but she says so you can't track it which is also like i don't know on this watch through this time i'm like maybe she did send them i don't know i wouldn't put anything past her put any literally anything past misty at this point she has a bird named caligula and she is the one who eventually kidnaps jessica roberts the person hired by ty to investigate everyone and uh pretends to let jessica go but doesn't she poisons her cigarettes with fentanyl. Of course she does. She's psychotic. But she does also have some of the best lines in the whole show. She's the least realistic character in this, but the one I enjoy watching the mm-hmm. most. She's so overblown. Like, she is such a, 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 just a character in this. Yeah. She also seems the least tortured by what happened out there. She, it's mm-hmm. very much on the surface with her. She doesn't talk about it, but it doesn't seem to be bothering her very much either. No, no. And in fact... When she finds out that Shauna has murdered Adam, she is thrilled to be included. Yeah, she's kind of delighted to be useful again. Yeah. Like, she's the person you call if you need to cut up a body. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to have skills. There are things about Misty that I think are really interesting. And she does stuff that's so obvious that you're like, Misty, are you stupid? But it's just like, no, like when she shows up she finds she she figures out that nat is going to want to go find travis Mm -hmm. and she wants to go and she knows nat isn't going to invite her so she takes the battery cable from her car and shows Mm -hmm. up with two coffees yeah totally unsuspicious and she says well i always get two of everything in case somebody wants to and it's like on the surface you're like what an idiot like nat is of course gonna know that that's what you're doing but it's also like yeah but nat still goes along with it it yeah. worked. It she worked. knows them all well enough to know what's going to work. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, on my rewatch, I had, I was way less like, I don't even know what the word is. I was, but it's just like, Misty is just all there for you. She is not pretending. I mean, she is completely, she's a liar and she's pretending about a lot of things, but, but not to but, herself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's not lying to herself like the others yeah. are. Yep. The others are all, I, I think that, so when I think about the four of them in 2021, I feel like Ty and Shauna are the most trying to shove it down and pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Nat is the most obviously tortured by it still, like it's so close to the surface. And Misty is the most like accepting of it, mm-hmm. but in a not in a healthy way, in right. like a, I'm not really bothered by any of it right. way. She was also the most deranged before, before they got yes. there so it yes. makes sense that she was the you know least touched um <laughs> by it while they were out there absolutely absolutely so i do think that that kind of covers 
<laughs> that was a lot. It's a lot of show. It is a lot of I show. I promise, listeners, I starting next week, our episodes will not be longer than the show itself. No. I, we have a whole season here to to catch up on and set the stage for. Yes, yeah, so we are definitely struggling trying to figure out how much to include in a recap of the whole season. But I do think that maybe what we should do from here is go through some categories that may recur later on in the season that we do um, and then maybe finish up with some predictions and questions for season two. That sounds good to me. All right. So why don't we think about and talk about the most Jersey moments of season one? Because it does, it does sort of fade away from the Jersey factor towards the end, but there's some really good moments in there. I don't know. Do you have one that you'd like to uh, bring up? I have a really small one and it is, it is one passing line, but it washed over me the first time and watching it this, this last rewatch, I have not been able to stop thinking about, um, Misty is talking to Nat about being a citizen detective and what they do. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about the different cases, like cold cases and stuff. And she says, <laughs> Mike McGreevy, I think is his name, the Gibbsboro ghoul. He collected human teeth because he was trying to make, and then Nat interrupts yeah. her or the cop does, I forget. Either way, they don't say what it is. And I just, again, as the South Jersey person here, Gibbsboro's firmly South Jersey. Do you... can, I tell, can I tell you a secret? Yes. I didn't know that was a real place. Oh my God, the South Jersey disrespect. I didn't know that that was a real place. I thought that Gibbs, was made up. No, Gibbsboro is a real place. Okay. It is firmly in South Jersey. Okay. Now the I know. Gibbsboro Ghoul, which I did to look up because I was like, eh, listen, I can say this I'm from here. That sounds sure. That sounds like something. Gibbsboro Ghoul, a McGreevy, I think. Not not a real person. Not a real person. Gibbsboro a is real a real place. place, though. Yes. You learn something new every day. You people up there think that we're hanging out down here collecting human teeth? Hey, listen. <laughs> is this what you think happens in South Jersey? Do we need to go back to the fact that you had a pet raccoon and a <laughs> school bus full of chickens? And no, I wasn't collecting human teeth. Uh, okay. Did okay. have a pet raccoon. He was a good boy. He was bad, but he was good as far as raccoons go. Uh huh. So that for me felt again. Maybe that's just my like South Jersey chip on my shoulder mm -hmm. that stuck out to me so much that I was like, oh, okay, because these writers are from what is it, Belmar and uh, Middletown? I want to say so, like North, what I would consider North Jersey, which um, I would consider South Jersey. Yeah, these creators are clearly North Jersey people. They're clearly um, shore people. <laughs> I think I think we could probably agree on that, that that means neither north yeah. nor south necessarily. Agreed. Um, but yeah, Agreed. for me, for me, it was that was the thing that really jumped out. What about you? I think for me, there was there was a couple, but I want to focus, I think, on. Well, one was more of a vibe, which is not a, a direct <laughs> reference, but it's right. the sort of lawlessness vibe of being a kid in the 90s. The idea of like the parents are almost non-existent in this. Mm -hmm. They only show up when they're doing something generally awful or they're just sort of mm -hmm. like incidental to people. It has that vibe of 90s latchkey kid it does. life. And it's that's not Jersey specific necessarily, but it is something we've talked about how we growing up in New Jersey did not have any supervision and probably should be dead. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is what makes it the what makes the jersey part of it it's like latchkey was a thing everywhere mm -hmm. right but 
I think kids in Jersey felt a little more willing to take it upon themselves to use that freedom to get up to shit. <laughs> like, Absolutely. And in places where like, if you're a latchkey kid in the mid, I don't know, I'm painting with broad strokes, I know. but I just think that like, it's a lot easier to get into trouble in New Jersey because you yeah. could do it on foot, like, even in South Jersey, maybe not when I lived in, in Burlington County with the chickens and my closest, uh, your like, buddy, the place raccoon. To, <laughs> my buddy, the raccoon and my, co my closest place to explore was either the junkyard behind my house or the, um, Native American reservation across the street, quite literally. But, you know, once I got into the more metropolitan Camden County, like there's <laughs> a lot, there's a lot you can get to a lot of trouble you can get up to on foot. Yeah. So. I just, I very much related to the, that vibe of smoking behind various establishments, mm -hmm. drinking in the woods. Um, I didn't do acid in high school. I did it in college, but still that same vibe of like just absolute freedom, but then also the kind of danger that comes with that freedom, that like mm -hmm. undertone of something scary as yeah. well that we've talked about. The other thing I, I did want to just mention, which I thought was great, was the name of the town. This is why I thought Gibbsboro was fake because <laughs> the name of the town that they they're from is Wiskayok or Wiskayok. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like a real Jersey place. It sounds it like a indigenous name. It sounds like Wyckoff, Hackensack, Hohokus. It sounds like Bergen County to me. <laughs> yeah. And I totally would have bought it. It's clearly meant to be near Asbury, because we have some references to Asbury Park that come up. Some like Shauna wears an Asbury Park t-shirt at some point. There's a montage in the beginning that includes um, Asbury clearly in it. It has never been more important to me before than it is right now to know exactly where this town is. Because if this is central Jersey, uh -huh. anything can happen. <laughs> then it is. Then I am ready for supernatural otherworldly yeah. forces. If they're in a mythical, in a mythical place, I don't actually, I don't actually believe in the Central Jersey doesn't exist debate. This it, is what happens when you have a North Jersey and a South Jersey <laughs> exactly. person on. We we Help deny it. the existence of a third of the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that there's lots of other fun things like the reference to burying Adam in Hacklebarney Park. Um, <laughs> uh Allie's insane accent that is not New Jersey who let her get away with it it was something it was not New Jersey somebody needs to answer for that and I don't even think it's the actor necessarily because again she's not from here and they gave her her script and she said oh I'm playing a Jersey character so I'll do a, <laughs> a Long Island accent a Long Island accent apparently yeah yeah wild um and then there's lots of references to Jackie going to Rutgers in the fall that was her plan things like that uh jess roberts working for the star ledger i love that we, we love, love that all of our little... little specific references exactly one disappointing missing bit of jersey is uh tawny cypress's actual jersey accent i know that ty is supposed to be this like fancy lawyer very well educated probably would have purposely lost her jersey accent going into her career but the actual actress is from Point Pleasant and sounds tell. like it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you sent me a video and I was like, oh, it made me so happy to hear. If if so for our listeners, if you have not heard Tawny Cypress's actual accent, go look for an interview with her and just enjoy. Just just enjoy what she actually sounds like. Cause it's like a good, authentic. It's it not is. somebody it's, playing it nope, up. No. Nope. You just you hear it and you know. It's not it, over the top. 
it's really it's really there yeah i love that that means the 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 actor thought about that though and was yeah. like ty would calm this down i would love if when she's home or when she's like when things are getting heated with with Simone and stuff if it came out a little more that yep. would be but yep. we'll see yeah um okay so i think maybe we should go to uh since we're in the references area mm -hmm. like the 90s references that kind of meant the most to us do you have one that comes to mind there are a couple of things that are like absolute 90s shorthand in a lot of things and one of them is snack wells mm -hmm. and that's in there that's in their rations um the cookies made of some mysterious substance that you know i don't even know like there's a whole maintenance phase episode about that type of food that like, and how actually horrific for you it is yeah because it's how you made can't in... actually like digest it yeah of course of course there's a sort of Jersey 90s uh, combo in Coach's office that I thought was neat. There's the banners on his wall in the beginning of, in like uh, episode one, there's an old uh, Devils banner with the old logo. Mm -hmm. There's the old Round Nets logo on a banner. And then there's one of those hang in there posters <laughs> with somebody like holding onto the edge of a cliff, which I thought was Very hilarious. Good. Yeah. Very so Coach's good. office it was, it was rich with fun references. There's a lot more that we could go into, but it's a whole season. I'm sure we're going to have more per per episode. Okay. So we've got the best one-liners. And then we can get into needle drops. So what is your winner for the best one-liner? I think we have the same one. <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious one. It's so perfect. There's no book club. There's no book club. It's so good. It's so Jeff. It's so it's... poor sweet Jeff. Oh, that that um, little idiot. <laughs> just there's no book the club. The way he says it. There's no book so, club. He just like, oh, you smooth brained. He's sweet man. Like, I'm sweet man. Sweet, you big man. idiot. That's the thing too with these guys, is that like again like you said they are they are they have characteristics they don't feel flat they don't there is a version of the show where you don't have to have any men in it but i do care about them yeah. and they are almost all of them are like now that i'm thinking this is man this show is so fucking smart because if this were 15 years ago or whatever you might be saying this about the women in the show yeah. where it's like they're all likable yeah. it's fine that they're there yeah. they're there to serve a purpose yeah. and it's like and it's all of the women who are complicated and who i love but oftentimes don't like at all yeah. <laughs> like and the guys are fine and the They're men fine. are pretty much all likable right yeah like they may not be the smartest they may not be like doing what we want them to do but like i feel like one thing that it does that it's really smart is it sets us up to make assumptions about them right about jeff and being yep. like the dumb high school boyfriend that doesn't know that she's not enjoying the sex or whatever and like <laughs> adam as this like smooth artist guy but then as we get to know them and travis is like the dumb teenager boy they're all very soft and sweet inside yeah like none of them are like mean conniving dudes they're mm -hmm. just these like soft guys and the women in the show are like the ones that are really treacherous it's a really interesting take because it's really easy to say you're making a show that is like a you know that is like feminist and pro-woman and then have the guys be villains because it's real and in a lot of art that's simplistic but in a lot of ways like men are a threat yes so but they aren't in the no. show and it just kind of gets them out of the way in a lot of ways 
that is really, really cool. Yeah. The women are the threat. And it's like, mm-hmm. and we keep, I think because in real life, men are often the threat as we watch the show, we're like assuming that the guys have more going on sort of plot wise behind the scenes, behind yeah. the scenes, like they're doing more of the like scheming and stuff than they actually are. It's all the women. Uh-huh. The guys are just it. like bumbling that. through, like yeah. being like, Oh yeah, I like my wife. <laughs> there's also um the uh misty when they're talking about cutting up adam's body she says torsos are useless which i think is an easter egg because his torso has a giant mountain tattoo on it oh so for if it's useful so, for anybody it's gonna be him it's gonna be him yeah she's you know how like the joke of it that's only half a joke is that like all white women all like middle-aged white women are obsessed with murder mm-hmm. and like we're True all crime. listening to these podcasts and now we're all experts blah 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 and like misty is that to it's you yeah and to the nth degree but she started out that way <laughs> yes. so like yeah there, i mean there's the um when she's talking about that citizen detective community she says we're like private investigators except no one hired us or asked us for our help <laughs> which again misty's found her community misty yeah. would have it is yeah misty was going to be misty no matter what and then pop culture made a community for her Mm -hmm. yeah when she's talking to nat um when they're trying to figure out what's going on with travis's murder she says we should get together and throw a few pins on the old cork board (laughs) so good the best she is the best christina ricci is perfect she's oh my god she's incredible yeah and then there's just a couple more that i feel like we really should call out there's Mm -hmm. when my my favorite alley quote when she's up on stage and she's introducing um, the slideshow and all of that. And somebody in the crowd boos and she says, shut the fuck up, Doug, you're a grown man. <laughs> just, just pure Long Island accent that I cannot do. Right. Great delivery. Okay. Let's talk yes. music because we have to do this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right. Where do you want to start? I mean, do we start with the, it, the show hits the ground running with music it it tells you immediately what to expect yep. when when the girls have the game that sends them to nationals today kicks in right yep. that's the and it is it's a cheap shot as somebody at my end of your age but good why it never it is it again it's a cheap shot the show is pandering hard to us mm-hmm. but it never feels f- like um it never feels forced no it feels authentic it feels like like today by the smashing pumpkins is like such a classic song of that time but it is also the song that like when i was in college when that came out i was madly in love with like a redheaded boy who had no interest in me whatsoever (laughs) and we would lay in bed and like snuggle and listen to the smashing pumpkins and nothing would happen. And I would think it was the most important <laughs> moments of my life. It was that kind of song. It was mm-hmm. like so important. And they paired it with the montage of like Jersey scenes too. So it right. has that sort of like real, like, here you go. This is what this yep. is. This is it. This yeah. is it right here. Yeah. I think other ones that really stand out to me um, is when the cranberries comes on, when they find the lake. And they're all running into the water and it's just this perfect soundtrack for that feeling. 
that's what it is. The 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 creators of this show are as obsessed with this music and this time period as we are. Mm -hmm. And so they know exactly which songs are going to do the thing we need them to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just somebody who pulled up like top 50 songs from 1996 and just sprinkled them in. I mean, hearing Jane's addiction coming down the mountain when they are crashing is, (laughs) I mean, it's incredible. And it's, it starts off the episode. I think episode two, when they're, when the plane is crashing, it's you're right into it. I think kind of, thinking about that idea of like, they're playing the hits, but they're not playing the hits in a way that's cheap mm-hmm. is like the, <laughs> the offspring playing when they walk into the reunion at the end is pretty incredible. That's really funny. That's pretty incredible. The dinosaur junior that Nat's playing when she and Kevin are hanging out in her room. Mm-hmm. That's so, how you know she's cool. Right. That is how you know she's cool. Yeah. And Kevin was wearing a, um, dead kennedy's t-shirt at one point and that's how you know that they're both cool exactly exactly so yeah i know uh we could talk about the music in the show for hours so to wrap this up though i have a a little kind of game we can play maybe that i am uh, currently to... unaware of what, what yeah are we doing? i'm totally springing this on you yeah as we look forward to season two mm-hmm. and something that we can invite our listeners to do as well okay and so i've I'll, i've got a head start on this so i'm gonna let you go first Okay. Um, what I want to do is I think we should pick our top three songs that we're hoping to hear in season two and we'll just see who, who gets the most right. And, uh, and, mm. and yeah, I think that'll be fun. Um, so I already have my three and so I'm going to let you pick first. And if you pick one of mine, I'll just have to come up with a new one and we'll just go back and forth. Uh, okay. Um, we may have the same one for one of the first ones because we've, we've talked about this song before in relation to this show. So I do appreciate you letting me go first since I had mm-hmm. no idea we were doing this. Yes. But Volcano Girls, I mean, it's got to be in there, right? It's like the fact be. that it's not already. I did some research. It came out in 97. So there's no oh. way they're not saving it. Good. It's just so perfect. Those first lines, like, leave me lying here. Like, I just, <laughs> I need, I need it to be in the show somehow. Yeah. Over, over Jackie's frozen body. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, actually. That's um, perfect. Yeah. So so you've you've stolen my number I, one, but again I did spring you this, did on spring you, this on you. Yes. So that's fair. Okay. So then uh my number one now is Stupid Girl by Garbage. Absolutely. I don't know how I, it wasn't used yet. I feel like it was, but I know we know it I, wasn't. Yeah, I, I double checked and I didn't see that no. it was used. And I just wonder if maybe it's a rights issue, like we said, but Yeah. No, I think but. I think that it feels like it's already been used because it's such a perfect fit for that show. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's now it's going to be harder because that first one was obvious. Okay, I'm going to steal something from Reddit. Apologies to Reddit. I was just on the Yellow Jacket subreddit, which I'm going to have to take a break from a little bit in the next week or so because it's starting to have too much information for me. Um, we are trying to remain unspoiled on this show. We will not be posting or talking about spoilers that aren't things that could be sleuthed out from watching, you know, the the Showtime content, basically. Um, we yeah, I think we'll theorize yeah. plenty, but, but we both noticed I'm not going to try to find outside. Yeah, we both noticed that the creators are maybe talking a little more than we would like them to be about, you know, confirming and denying stuff. So, um, exactly. so all that to say, I'm stealing this from Reddit um, because it reminded me of the fact that I was obsessed with Concrete Blonde in the '90s, and so there's a couple of songs everybody knows is the one that comes to my mind first, 
And so I think that somebody posted, I don't, I'll have to look at who it was, but somebody posted on Reddit today or recently about wanting to hear Concrete Blonde. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about yeah, Concrete Blonde. Yeah, me too, until I saw that post. So, and then I was like, it's literally, I listened to it constantly in high school. <laughs> so that's my number two, Concrete Blonde, everybody knows. My number two is... I kind of I have such a wild card that I know they're not going to use that nobody's going to use. But it was like one of my favorite songs. And I think 1997. I mean, I don't um, think they're going to use Concrete Blonde, but I would love it if they did. OK, I'm going to throw it in. There's no way it's going to it's going to happen. But in uh, 1998, this band called Athenaeum put out an album called Radiance. And I loved it and they had a song that was like it was it was like a top maybe top 15 top 10 or 15 mm-hmm. hit um it was a really big song in philly and jersey on this uh, alternative radio station y100 that i've talked about um a lot on my music podcast but uh it's a song called what i didn't know and i'm gonna drop a few seconds in here because you might if you hear the chorus uh you might recognize it And I think it's really representative of the sound of that time. And it's a song that just ends up on playlists for me constantly. And so I would love to hear what I didn't know. Okay. And so my third. So this is tough. I have mentioned before the fact that my music during this time really hasn't when I say my music, the music I was really, really into in like the mid nineties was punk and was like mm-hmm. LA punk in particular. And so I want to pick something from that time period of my life, even though I know they're probably not going to use it, but mm-hmm. um, I was encouraged by uh, Kevin's dead Kennedy's shirt in that scene in Nance bedroom. So like maybe something by the descendants I would love to hear like, I'm calling this now because I could do this truly forever with you, Jody. Not this Friday, but next. Hop over to Left of the Dial, my other podcast. Jody and I are going to um, be on talking about uh, 90s okay. music specifically that we think will be fitting for Yellow Jackets. I'm looking at a list of songs from 97, and it is crazy. So I've decided. I've come to a, I've come okay. to a conclusion that is very unrealistic, but um, makes me laugh, which is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I think yep. my third choice is going to be the Descendants. I like food. They love food. It works, right? <laughs> it really. We should works. put in a little clip of that here too, because if you haven't heard the Absolutely. Descendants, I like food, which is actually from the '80s, not the '90s. Okay, so my first one was Volcano Girls. Your first one was. Stupid, Stupid girl. girl. Little theme. My second one was Concrete Blonde, Everybody Knows. Your second one was I think it's I think it's Athenaeum what I didn't know. Oh, that's so funny. Everybody knows that's, what I didn't yeah. know. Volcano Girl, yeah. Stupid Girl. What is <laughs> happening? Um I don't know. I mean, listeners, you heard that happen yeah, organically. No, that wasn't can't make it up. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna screw it up with my that's last okay. one. Because my third one, even though it's kind of the wrong time frame, is gonna be I like food by the descendants. Um, and then my third one is going to be, oh, I'm torn between two. I think it's going to be 
gin blossoms follow mm. you down. Yeah, gin blossoms make sense here. And I think so their first album or their first one that like popped off that has found out about you was my mm-hmm. first found out about you was my first like pick for it but that's a little early but congratulations i'm sorry which was their big breakout album that's 96 so that's good timing yeah and i think on that album i think follow i mean till i hear it from you is one of the world's best songs on the planet but that's already in every yeah uh all of my favorite 90s movies so yeah. i'm gonna go with uh follow you down okay i think that's good and then listeners we've come to the end of our episode and so we're gonna ask you to do the thing every podcast does here which is follow the watchers like rate subscribe do all Mm -hmm. that stuff in your podcatcher of choice but if you leave us it's so so helpful i know every podcast says that it really actually is leave us a review leave us a five-star review if you really love us because we're like we're nobody I've yeah, literally, <laughs> never done literally. a podcast before in my life. So, yeah, tell um, people about us, especially if, you, if you're like, you know, from Jersey or yeah, a Yellow Jacket yeah. super fan. And um, if you leave us a review, let us know your number one prediction um, mm-hmm. for uh, what song you want most to hear or what song you think um, we might get to hear in season two. And um, next week we'll read those out loud. We'll share them here and we'll just we'll see. We'll see. Uh... <laughs> we'll see how many we get right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see how and... many we uh, we nail and how how many they do not choose to use. Yeah, exactly. And we can speculate about whether it's rights issues or not. You want to let people know where to find us? Yeah. So if you want to follow the pod, you can find us on um, Instagram and Twitter at WatchersPodNJ. And then if you want to follow us individually, you're, you can find me on Instagram at Jody underscore Mim, M-I-M. Uh, I'm an artist and I post a lot of my work there. And you're a fucking fantastic artist. I'll say it. And listeners, what you're not seeing right now oh. is one of my absolute favorite pieces of art, not just that Jody's made, but just that anybody has made ever. Um, and uh, Jody's actually made two of my favorite pieces of art. And... <laughs> What I'll do is I'll post them over on our Instagram and Twitter and I'll tag Jody in them. So go take a look at two of the most beautiful New Jersey themed pieces of art that anybody has ever made. And then uh, are you going to tell them what it is? What's hanging behind me? Because that's very mysterious of you. Do you think I should leave it? Do you think I should tell them? Should I tell them what's behind you, but not tell them what the other piece is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jody made what size? How big is that? That is about, uh, I would say three by four feet. It's a three by four. Is it you? Can you you just say what it is? Because I don't want to. Is rug derogatory? (laughs) I still don't know what to call them. I so hanging on the wall behind me is a three by four foot uh, machine tufted carpet rug tapestry um, of the Jersey Devil. It's it's perfect. It's like a I almost said photorealistic, but it's the it's like when you hear Jersey Devil. It's based on the actual Jersey Devil. Yeah, exactly. It's based on the like. The like wanted picture. If if yeah. you know the Jersey Devil, what you're picturing in your head right now, yeah. that's what Jody made, and it's it. I really love it so much. And then <laughs> Jersey's second best cryptid. Yes. It's the other piece which you can see um, over on our Twitter and Instagram. And then again, go give Jody a follow. And then I don't make beautiful visual <laughs> art, but um, you can follow me at aq andrea q on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my other podcast is a music podcast, Left of the Dial. You'll find uh, mine and Jody's episode up in a couple of weeks, even though I didn't clear that with Jody except for just now <laughs> just on now. the air. 
Um, and I would also say, you know, follow New Jersey is the world. If you're if you're a Jersey person that found us just through the Yellow Jackets, um, it is a blast. The Patreon is hilarious. The episodes are really fun. Um, and yeah, highly recommend that group of folks as another entertaining podcast. So thanks for joining us on this uh, epic recap of season one of Yellow Jackets. And hopefully we will see you next week for our recap of the first episode of season two. Our uh, recap will drop on Tuesday following the episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>